Unstoppable Kick-Ass Confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. I just I can't get that song out of my head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello, it is uh, Tuesday night. It's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you're at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you are here at the Raw and Unscripted Show with me. Yes, Christopher Roush. Tuesday nights, every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for like the last 100 and I don't know. I think we're on episode number 106 or something like that. We just celebrated our 100th episode, and man, things are getting kicking. We are having an exciting time. Lots of great stuff coming up. And actually, to be honest with you, if you are watching this right now, watching this on the replay, we're actually going to be posting the podcast now. Finally, once again, uh, we've almost got all the shows updated right now. So you'll be catching this on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you like to get your podcast at. But today, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, this is actually on a video cast as well, which you can be seen at YouTube. Obviously, go to youtube.com forward slash the Christopher Roush or Christopher Roush. Better yet, just go to ChristopherRoush.com and all my social media links are right there and you can find the latest episode right there under the media tab that's super cool it also shows my uh the unfiltered experience show that i do on friday nights at 5 p.m that show is also on my website so go check it out what's up robert brooker's in the house he says what's what's what uh he says he's listening to four things at once robert you are amazing dude thank you so much thank you so much are you still going live brother are you still going live that's the important thing so here we are tuesday evening once again and um we are having a good time. He says, Hey, Christopher Roush. Um, yes. Are we having a good time? Are we ready to rock and roll? Um, you know, just a few things that I want to share with you guys before we, before we dive into it with our special guest tonight, who by the way, is going to be bringing lots of value. So bring something to write or take notes with, because that's the point of the show is that you walk away feeling inspired and empowered to go do things a little bit differently than you did before you saw the show. And the basis of the show really is just that me and my guests are sitting at a bar or a coffee shop, whatever you prefer. And we're having a great discussion and people are sitting there going, Hey man, I want to catch on to this conversation. So we always encourage you guys to ask questions, lean over, give your contributions as uh, Robert so eloquently does. Um, this is a conversation with you guys, not just uh, you guys watching or listening to us. So uh, we're excited for that. And um, yeah, we're just ready to kick this off. And uh, I see my guest is in the green room. She is munching on uh, green and brown M&Ms. So that's pretty cool. Mark Gassert's in the house. What's up, kick-ass Mark? He says, the G-man is in the house. Bring it on, brother. <laughs> Dude, you rock. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I love you. You guys are my misfits for life of the kick-ass nation. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's what it's all about. It's all about family, and it's all about having a safe space where we can actually be vulnerable and share what's going on in our lives, both what's working and what's not working. So this is a candid conversation. I'm excited to have my guest on tonight. I had the opportunity of having a brief conversation with her over Zoom. Jeez, it seems like a month or two ago, how time flies. Uh, we immediately just kind of just hit it off. And we both have the same mentality about mindset and overcoming obstacles and, and things like that, that nature. So be prepared for a very raw and uh, unscripted conversation as we try to delve into your brain a little bit and give you guys some inspiration, motivation, and some education for uh, having a kick-ass, unstoppable life. So I'm excited to add to this beautiful show. What's up, Pat? How are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm awesome. Thank you. Good to see you, Chris. Good to see you too. Thank you so much for being here on the Raw and Unscripted Show. And how do you pronounce your last name? I want, is it Rock or Roke? Roke or Roke. Just as long as you don't call me late for the party, I don't care. No, no, no. The party's always happening around me. That's for sure. That's what I get guilty. That's what I get accused of. They're like, Chris, we need a party. You need to be here. And I'm like, you know what? I'm getting kind of older now and I don't like to break things anymore. And I don't like to have the propensity of going to jail. So I tend to be a little <laughs> bit boring now. I'm like, hey, come on, let's play the big Jenga. We got the big Jenga for our backyard. So we're like, hey, let's get drunk and play the big Jenga. That's fun. That's our fun. So how are you doing this evening? I am doing well. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I've been excited about this conversation because um, you and I had that conversation over Zoom and immediately just started talking about mindset and how we over how we how we we screw ourselves up. Um, and I just, just want to really just jump jump into it. Uh, just once again, just want to make sure uh, Mark is over here, just chiming it up over here. Um, so again, your guys' questions are are welcome here. So Pat. Uh, and thinking about what you do as as a personal development expert in, in getting people to see their zone of genius, which is what the podcast is called. Talk to us about where that comes from, because I'm pretty sure I know where it comes from. But talk to us about how it became so prevalent in your life operating from your zone of genius. 
you know, it's really just sometimes you just have to stop and slow down long enough to listen, right? So when I have been successful, sometimes you're at the top of the heap and everybody's like, look, you have such a good life. And then it's not always at the top and you're not always at the bottom of the well. Life is really like that ebb and flow in between, isn't it? So I lost my last job at 50 after a super successful career, 10 years in pharma. I've owned a business since 1988. So I've been an entrepreneur. I've been a corporate superstar. I've been fired more than a few times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last call was, oh, we lost our funding. We love you. Thank you. Keep your laptop because we don't need it. Bye-bye. And I was turning 50 in the middle of a meltdown. I had two kids in college. One was about to go to medical school. And it went from hero to zero. One phone call, primary breadwinner, bam bad. And um, I took some medication to feel better prescription, of course. And uh, it gave me suicidal thoughts. And I said out loud one day, I should just throw myself off a freaking bridge and nobody would care. Ooh. No, no good bridge. Yeah, good bridge. Words. When the words rolled off my lips, I said them out loud. It wasn't even a thought in my head. I said the words. I was like, oh shit, officially rock bottom. This is it. <laughs> rock me and bottom. And I knew it wasn't right and I knew it wasn't me. And I knew that this was a moment I had to do something different. So I had the conscious and the whereabouts to at least know that. And so trying to crawl out of the bottom of a deep, dark well, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a me. I didn't have help. My, my, my family tried to help. They didn't know what to do. My best friend tried. She dug in the snow. My birthday was coming, got 50 rocks, painted them gold. And they said 50 rocks. And so do you. And I, this box of rock once said generous look i have rocks everywhere you can see them on my uh my screensaver right? yeah yeah it's awesome so one said generous one said, <clears throat> one said bitchy one said <laughs> uh weird you know all the things and i started writing one rock at a time and the trick is figuring out what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be is hard but you need perspective from other people so one of the things i at least had the conscience enough to do was to go back to some people i hadn't seen in a long time and say can you remind me how how did i ever help you or what did i do why did you like working with me strange hard question to ask but i needed um maybe i needed a confidence boost but i needed some perspective because i started feeling worthless and lost and i didn't know what to do i mean like a lot of people that have gone through this last year it was just, I was oh, yeah. ahead of the curve, if you will. And the more I listened, the more I heard them not just talk, I was a great marketer or speaker, things like that. Cause those things I would own, I would, I could say them myself, not sounding like an egotistical idiot, but I do recognize them. But people would say, you were the best mentor and advisor I've ever met. You know how to put people in the right path and let them find their zone of genius. And I kept looking at them like, what are you talking about? Somebody said, you're the best career coach I ever saw. And I'm like, I'm not a career coach. I've had the most effed up non -linear. You can say the word. It's yeah, good. It's raw and unscripted, baby. Yeah, no, I know. But I don't know if you get caught off, booted off YouTube or they don't want to show it if you have curse words in there. But anyway, long story short, perspective. So people were telling me that that was my gift and I thought I was the big misfit. And little did I know that my mess was actually my message. And so I had this light bulb moment of, wow, I can't be the only one struggling through this. And I knew there were coaches if you want to be an entrepreneur. And I knew there were coaches if you want to elevate in your company. But what about those people that are stuck right in the middle of the bell has rung? It's almost like the genie's popped out of the bottle and you can't shove her back inside. You don't know what you're necessarily supposed to do. Is it time to kind of move up and be better where you are? Is it kind of time to take your genius, but do it for a different company or maybe just flip the switch and do something different altogether? And I figured out that that is actually my sweet spot. Weird, really hard to explain. <laughs> marketing terms, right? So look up entrepreneur, that's easy to market to, to find your client. Look up corporate exec, that's easy. But I was looking at these people in this strange, lost, misfit world of how come I was so successful and all of a sudden I feel like crap about myself and I feel less than and I feel um, unheard or invisible, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's my zone of genius. And I realize people deserve to find theirs because you deserve to get paid well doing what you love without, ready, da, 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 without selling your soul or losing your mind.
Yes. Thank you for saying that, Pat. That is so massively true. So many people sit there and think they have to do that. But one thing I want to talk about is going, because I can resonate with the corporate stuff and being a a former corporate slave and then realizing I was comfortably miserable. Talk to us about the the process of going through that identity shift, because I think what you were talking about a little bit is when we're in corporate, we see ourselves in a certain way. We have a title, we have a position, we have responsibilities, we've got budgets, we've got all these different things. Then overnight, literally the same thing for me. I went in there on November 7th, 2019 and then went adios and I went, see you later. All right, good. But I did have to go through this identity situation where I was like, wow, you know, I had a lot of stock in my ego and my confidence and my success based on that persona, I guess. And based on all that success that I had and overnight, it was gone. Is that similar to what you went through? Well, yeah, because think about it. People sometimes identify by their title, by their role. I'm the VP of blah, blah, blah. I'm the head of sales for blah, blah, blah. Like we identify by our role and all of a sudden the role is gone. And what does that mean? You're gone too? You know, it's, we're still us, except we suddenly lost our, our superwoman, our wonder, superwoman, wonder man, cape, whatever it is, right? Wonder woman, Superman, you know what I meant. (laughs) So how do you figure out what your place on this planet is and what your legacy is supposed to be. Like, why are we really here? What the hell are we really meant to do? I mean, I think I might've told you this. I'm pretty sure I did, but 2019 may I tore my Achilles on a golf course. I had an injury on the golf course, which Ooh. is not good. Ambulance, the whole shebang on crutches did a big corporate event, hobbled in, plopped on a bar stool with one leg propped. Cause I had, I couldn't lower it. I was, I had to choose between painkillers or doing my talk. And I decided to do the talk without the painkillers and let the adrenaline carry me all the good things. And then I ended up on August 12th with a DVT in my leg, which is a blood clot and a dozen clots in my lungs, getting last rites in hospital, almost died. Wow. 2019, August 12th in a shitty hospital, not the best Mm. hospital in my area. One of those are like, you need to be in an emergency room. Now you don't have time to get to a medical center, you need to just get in the emergency room now. And so while I was laying there and they were asking me for my advanced directives and who my next of kin and do I want a priest, a rabbi or a minister? I'm like, uh, this sounds like a bad Polish joke. I don't. (laughs) Is there a bar involved? Yeah. It was like, what? I don't really, that doesn't sound like good options. Do I need one? They're like, well, if I were you, I would, who do you want? Stop making jokes seriously. And they're telling me all this, but all I kept thinking is, I don't think God's done with me yet. I just didn't feel I didn't have the light come. I know that sounds really weird, but I didn't have that calling of it was time to step to the next thing. I don't know how oh, else, yeah. but I knew that I probably should be having it. And I was just sitting there like, oh, I don't think God's done with me yet. I just don't. And if I make it till tomorrow, which right now they're telling me I'm a 50-50 shot, but if I do, I better make sure I know why. And so I have these awakening moments that most people hope they never have to go through, but I've had my chance to recollect and to be grateful in a really impounding way and say, why did God save me? Why am I here? And so thinking about that, I had to reinvent my business or actually streamline. I had 12 programs. I went down to two. I cut off the fat. I got rid of all the any client that I just didn't like or didn't feel like bothering with, I got rid of everything and everyone that felt like clutter or toxicity. And I knew that that freed me up to just take care of my health and get back to health and to figure out that zone of genius. Who were we meant to serve? And so when the pandemic came, think about this 2019, I'm sick as a dog coming around the new year, 2020 vision. Remember everybody was like 2020 vision. I took the hashtag rocker 2020 vision, all excited, did a vision board workshop in January and by March, what happened? Coronavirus. Shut down, baby. Yeah. So my daughter said to me, mom, but you are the most prepared person for the pandemic out of anybody I know. I've never seen somebody so calm, cool, collected and serving other people as you. So I'm a good when God throws us lemons, make vodka and lemonade kind of person. And yeah. I just feel truly, I guess, blessed. And I don't mean to sound like a preachy thing, but I just know that there had to be a reason I'm still here and you're still here and we're here doing this. 
Mm -hmm. Amen. I believe in that. I, be I believe in that so deeply because I mean, it, it goes back to what you were saying before. It's like that. What's that legacy? What's that? Why? And sometimes we have to do that rock meets bottom kind of situation in order to, to understand fully, you know, and cognitively life does not last forever and that we have to seize those moments. And I think about when you mentioned COVID, I was just doing a walk and talk video this morning talking about how when COVID hit, that's when I started my Friday night show because we just, we wanted to get together. And during that six week lockdown, we wanted to bring people some light and energy and some fun and some inspiration and some, just some, just something to focus on besides the news. And so I look at COVID as, as been a, a great situation, but I've also had the opportunity to have a lot of complimentary coaching calls with people. And I found out a couple of different patterns in people's psychology of, of whether or not they love themselves and how that correlates to their, their current state of happiness. Talk to us about that. When you were, when you had, when you were experiencing those lows, those lows, were you still, you know, finding that you loved yourself and that you were deserving of abundance or did you have to like really just put together back pieces of your personality? Kind of like you said before, like go and talk to people and find out what you're about. Talk to us about that journey and how other people who might be lost right now can, can, can take some words of advice to be able to implement today. So that's a really good question. So on the one hand, Job loss, career change, unexpected pivot. Sometimes it's like a death. You go through mourning, you go through denial, you go through the laughing, and you go through the ha-ha, you go through the F you. You got to go through all the different phases as you do when it, during a time of loss. And so one of the things in the way I look at resilience is to look at the pink elephant in the room, acknowledge it's there, breathe into it. I have a little exercise that I do where I just will say, like with one of my clients, she used to say, I always feel like such crap. I feel like such a chump. You know, it's like the monkey on my back. And we were having these exercises. So when you really feel down and low, like something's really bothering you, where do you physically feel it? Because we usually carry it somewhere. And she said, I feel like there's a monkey on my back. It's almost like a chimp. And then she said, but it makes me feel like a chump. I said, we'll call it chump. So she actually named that feeling chump. And so when she'd start to feel crappy or second guess herself or feel less than, She'd stop and we do this exercise where you'd stop and take like the longest, deepest inhale you can and hold it then as long as you can and then let it out slowly as long as you can and then stay low at the bottom empty for as long. Like that cycle of full breathing, full in, full exhale and do that three times. So if you start off and you're feeling that intensity and it's like a seven or an eight or a nine, like your head's about to explode, do that breathing exercise and usually it'll come down to a four or five or a six. If you needed to get to a one or a two before you can function, you just do it again. It's free, it's easy and it's simple, but she was able to take the monkey off her back. And for me, I feel like I've got heat, like a dragon breathing down my neck. Like I, I really paid attention to figure out where. When I start to do this and feel like the heat in the back of my neck, I know. And so I do the same thing. And so literally, sometimes you need a trick or a mechanism to say to yourself, it's okay. I'm allowed to feel like crap and recognize that I do. Yep. And then give myself a way to crawl back out from the other side of that feeling. And I, I, because trying to ignore it, it, it doesn't really, I don't know. For me, it didn't work. Cause I know yeah, <laughs> it never does. What right? do we surprise? We, we, we get rid of stuff. We, we suppress it, we repress it or we express it. Right. Yeah. And you know what, too, the other part of it is though, on the flip side, as a coach, one of the things I, I definitely am an empath. So I absolutely positively do not resonate with folks who are constantly pissing and moaning about the world is falling. Why me? You know, that victim, <laughs> whatever, because I will go down the rabbit hole and I refuse to be that person. And I don't want to be around that toxic spread or do anything to antagonize it more. And I will only work with people who already know they're awesome. You've got to have that. One client used to call it the shine. Isn't that a great word for it? It's like Sparkle. people with shine. There's just that something. And those people, I can help you redefine what success looks like, rediscover your zone of genius, you know, recommit to a better direction. But you need to be here, like know you're awesome and be ready for rock star again, but not that begging from the bottom. I just, I'm not built for it. It's no. <laughs> Do that i know there's a, that that's a gift for other people and i know that that's important and i'm not mitigating it but it is for me it's a death wish because i go down the rabbit hole and then it's really hard for me to crawl back out so yeah. hang with people who know they're awesome and are just looking for that little tweak 
almost like if you've ever seen all the old movies, like the old Ocean's Eleven movies, right? There's always some crazy guy with their head against the vault. It's always the physical vault. And they're going tick, tick, tick. Remember? Even though it's digital now, it's like tick, tick, tick. And they're always just one tick away. Yep. But they know they're close and they just need that little something to give them back that adrenaline rush and the boost they need or the confidence dose. So sometimes I think about myself as career adrenaline. Isn't that interesting? It's like a little <laughs> dose of fire in your belly and you got this and let's go. So, and based on, based on what you were saying right there, I'll, another thing that I was thinking about that I've talked to a lot of people about recently is imposter syndrome that they sit there and they feel like, okay, if I'm going to own this space of being a coach or doing this or something like that, I feel like I haven't deserved or earned the recognition or earned the place, at the table to be that. Um, what are you, what is your take on imposter syndrome and the people that you've worked with? Because I know based on what you're just saying, I'm the same way. I'm the, that's why I came up with the no excuses coach. Cause I wanted people to be clear. Like, this is what you get when you work with me. You're not going to give me any fucking excuses. End of story. I want to play with people who want to play people like myself who can be slippery as shit. I want to play with those people and say, Hey, actually I'm coaching my coach right now. Cause I mean, she, and she's phenomenal. And she's like, I know that you're going to call me on my shit. And I said, let's do it. Let's roll. So talk to us a little bit about that because I, I didn't realize how prevalent it was and how many people are really suffering and hiding because they're not willing to own their space at the table. It is huge. It is huge. And I see it coming up. One of the places I see it is when we start talking about all this diversity and inclusion, right? And as a coach, I actually had a week where I had met a lot of different people. They were coming out of the woodwork and wanted help, but just one after the next. And literally every person that sat down said, I need help. I'm to fill in the blank. They were everything from old. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too tall. I'm too purple. I'm too, <laughs> you know, all the things. Everybody was too something. And or you don't know my story. Yes. You don't understand. <sighs> I did. Every time the next person would come, they'd say, but you don't get it. Those people think they have it hard, but I have it hard because, but the same story, the same words came out of someone else's mouth. The next one was that they were too old. The next one was that whatever. And so there's a lot of that going on. And then I decided that it really shouldn't be about inclusion. It should be about a belonging. We deserve a seat at the table and not just one of those you're tolerated and I'll let you have a seat at the table, but sit there with your mouth zipped and I'll give you the nod when it's okay for you. You know, that condescending yeah. included, but you're really not equal. You're just barely tolerated. And so I actually was on a global talk today with this awesome human being who was the head of DNI for a pharmaceutical company. And I said something about belonging and he went crazy. Like we were having this love fest. It was great because it really makes a difference. We deserve to be heard and respectful and respected. And if we don't voice, I think people are better now. Like I, I was a parent with two kids and my youngest went into a coma, had meningitis, almost died as a 13 month old baby. Wow. But nobody she was supposed to be dead deaf crippled blind everything and was in therapy seven days a week for almost 10 years it was craziness and now he's an eagle scout and an honor student college grad he's the youngest news director at nbc down here in myrtle beach right but i'm the now mom of this all of a sudden spot this ch perfect child who's now special needs it's not a there's no rule book for that except you weren't allowed to talk about it at work nobody gave two craps you didn't get any extra empathy, sympathy, or a break because you had all this stuff. So at least now you can verbalize a bit more about things that are going on and try to get a little bit more support or maybe a little bit more flexibility. Um, I used to have to perform like everyone else except have this ginormous extra thing. So I was constantly feeling like I had to do 125% because otherwise I wasn't good enough because my 100% didn't feel like everybody else's 100%. Totally resonate. And I think it's the things we tell ourselves more perhaps than what we're actually literally hearing. It's how we're internalizing the things we hear, right? We can't control other people, but we can control how we react. Oh, so it's yeah. up to us, right, to really process and have active listening and pay attention to what is actually not just verbally being said, but the stereo surround sound of circumstances and the actions that follow through because 
we deserve the seat at the table. And I coach a lot of women. I just did a whole big gender parity thing this afternoon, so I'm all lit up about it. But um, I coach a lot of women, and I do notice the difference stereotyping completely, but it's in my world the people I physically see that I've worked with recently because I've really been paying attention. And some of the men will apply for a job if they've got six, maybe seven out of the 10 things that are required or requested. And a woman will have eight or nine and worry about the one or the two that they don't have. I actually do an exercise. I make them highlight on a job description in their favorite color, all the things they know they kick ass, they kick ass, they kick ass. And then anything that they think is troublesome that's gonna shoot them down, highlight it in their least favorite color and bring that to me with your resume, I wanna look at it. And if I tell you how many times people will give themselves no credit for something they're actually really good at, it's interesting dynamic. And so, often what we do is help them to see a perspective on themselves reframe their view of what happened because I, some of these people i know i've i coach i just picked up another client today from i worked for bear for many many years bear pharmaceutical and all of, i've been coaching people out of that company for years and years and years i understand them intimately i used to have a parking spot and employee badge i was the agency partner launching a brand and so i know what their life is like i lived on the inside of their walls with them for years and years and it's just so interesting to watch i know what they're good at i was sitting across the table watching this genius roll out and when they came back and said, you know, here's my skill set, they gave themselves a, like a less than, a less than grade, minimized their value. And I'm like, dude, or hello, you need to stop. Cut the crap. You said, dude, you're like, dude, what's I'm, up? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you need to just give yourself a slap upside the head and say, wait a minute, it's a wake up call. Mm -hmm. What do you... People are waiting for you. People need your genius, my genius, your genius, your genius. Like everybody watching this show, I promise there are people who are waiting. And if I gave up and I jumped off the bridge, that was seven years ago now. You know how many people I've helped and how many companies have been impacted? And then the brands, the people that buy the brands that are in the companies or the families that, you know, the person I coached, then their family, and then the future generations of their family. Like the impact is huge. And if I would have packed it in, none of that could have happened. And I don't mean to sound egotistical when I say that, but I am grateful because I took pause long enough to remember that. Because every single person watching whether you are the best baker, whether you show love for children, whether you are, my husband's a genius with finances, CFO. He does, you know, virtual um, like M&A and stuff and gets swooped into companies and restructures them and all that stuff. He's brilliant. You know how many lives he impacts? Like we have a purpose. You doing the show, you have a purpose. And so mm -hmm. everybody needs to pay attention to the fact that you don't need to be me and I don't need to be you and so on. We need to just do you. You just do you because you are enough. And I promise there are people waiting for that genius. So it's really just a matter of how do we shine that light? It's almost like the diamond. Everything I talk about is rocks and rock references, but it's really like the many facets of a diamond. We're not one dimensional. There's lots of things that we do. And over time, we may choose to, to, pay attention to some different facets as we grow or as our family needs change, but you owe it to yourself and the people you serve to show up and to be the best version of yourself. And we have, you just, said, you, just, you just said a word that I was going to, it's you, you're, you're like setting me up for like volleyball. You're like, okay, boom. Like, dude, best, yeah. best. I want to talk about that because that's something that I had to have a conversation with myself and Let's see, I have two questions to ask you, so I have to focus on one. Otherwise, my brain will ask you part of one, and then I'll get really distracted. So we're going to stick with the best. So there was probably, <laughs> geez, four, five, six years ago. I remember I came home from work, and I was putting my keys on the my dresser and, you know, just getting ready to change my clothes and everything. And I sat there, and I thought about something. And I, and I literally said, well, I did the best I could. And I stopped, and I went, I did the best I could. I'm like, hmm. And I'm always analyzing words and I'm always analyzing what I'm doing and how it, how, how I can use it to, to understand myself better, to become a better coach. And I'm like, best, best, best. I'm like, was that my best? 
And I started questioning, I'm like, what is our best? How do we define our best? And it really occurred to me, I'm like, that wasn't my best, but it was so easy how I just rolled it off my tongue. Oh, well, I did the best I could. I'm like, mm, talk to me about what our best really is and talk to us about discipline. Um, because that's one of the most important factors in becoming successful and uh, autonomous without having a coach breathing down your ass. How do you get your clients to be more disciplined? And what is your take on how we can uh, define our best and meet our best? Discipline and best. Those are two things. You hang on to best for just a second. Okay. We go with discipline for a minute. I have raging ADD. <laughs> so do I. So I have. <laughs> right so discipline is the holy grail biggest challenge stored in my side i am my strengths activator number one. Oh my god right isn't that not scary strategic we know what that means maximizer that was that great to superstar not the bottom right yeah. those three things right there i mean i can sit down i don't even play chess but imagine sitting down at the chessboard and knowing the end of the game before you've ever started I'm like that with everything. I see and know how to get that done and go there barely before we've ever started. Um, individualization, which means I'm not only, um, I could be speaking, my largest audience is 100,000 people. And whether it's one or two or 100 or 100,000, every person in the room, every person watching this should feel like they got something out of this that they feel better for the time spent. I used to always, and I still do, I say an hour with Pat will change your life forever. And I get chuckles, but it's true. I get chuckles, but it is true. And so I've had a lot of people say to me, I, I feel like God sent you to me, or I flew all the way across the country to this conference and you're the reason I'm here. After being with me for a couple of minutes, it's really like I get chills and I'm very humbled, but I just started receiving it and listening to it instead of saying, oh, that's like almost brushing it off and denying it. I started to say, this is a pattern. I hear this a lot. I need to receive it. And it needs to keep be, being the juice I keep going. And the last one's positivity. The glass is not only half full, but I'm grateful for the glass every day. Those five things were part of the discovery of what I'm supposed to be doing next. But they also mean I am a fireball and I can leave a tsunami in my wake. So discipline is my biggest challenge ask my husband but one of the things i did was i instituted i have somebody that built me a 90 um, an accountability tool so we can set it for a short challenge or for 90 day cycles because my coaching is normally done in 90 day cycles and so we set our 90 day goals our month and then our week and then in the accountability tool it'll ask you um okay chris so what do you want to accomplish for the week and every morning you'll get a little love note from me, either a text or an email saying, good morning, Chris, what's the one thing you're going to do today? And then at night, it's set to ping you back and say, so how was your day? Did you get it done? Why or why not? What about tomorrow? And it comes through and I incentivize my clients. I actually threw $100 on the table and somebody did 72 out of 90 days of accountability. Mm -hmm. And she said, I can't believe the difference. It's amazing. So... I realized that accountability is really important because it forces you, if you've got it written down, it's almost like why um, my fitness pal was good for people trying to lose weight or even weight watchers, whatever you mm -hmm. do, when you stay accountable, when there's something where you're, you're not just taking the bites of food and not writing it down because you never realize exactly what you're doing, being disciplined, paying attention gives you that I'm committing to this and I'm doing this momentum for somebody like me that's super helpful because i'm off the rails if i'm not task oriented i i can lose track of time very easily i'm like one of those i can go on the social media rabbit hole and i could be on clubhouse <laughs> and blinking it six hours later so that's so you, you use the app on yourself yes nice how I does do. that work <laughs> do you go well, eh, accountability no. i own the thing it's good. Or sometimes I just forget to change the weekly and the end of the week goal, but it's, but it's really actually very helpful because I do. And when you look back at what your people are doing, I can see when my clients are going off the rails. And one of them said he wanted, he stopped answering. I said, why? He said, because I, I cleaned out drawers or I did something and it wasn't work related. I'm like, that's okay. You're a human, your life, you need to be able to fit in all the pieces of your life 
your life is not just your job. So I don't care if what you share is that I finally got my car detailed. That's fine. That still counts if that's something you needed to get done. Don't let the fact that life happened be your excuse of now I'm a failure. I didn't finish my blah, blah, blah. So now I'm done, right? Stay on track. So accountability is important. So that's the discipline piece and um, goal setting. So I just call people. I walk my dog. I have a puppy and I live now. I sold my house in Jersey. I live in Myrtle Beach at the beach in a condo overlooking the ocean. But I have to take the dog out four times a day. So I walk the dog and I call my clients. Hey, you owe me a goal for the week. Hey, I noticed I didn't see your blah, blah, blah. So I literally, um, they tell me I'm the most involved coach like I will ping them and just say, I'm thinking about you today. Hope you're having a good day or stuff like that. They know that I am omnipresent. Not in a scary, icky, gross way, but. <laughs> you got to be careful. There's got to be boundaries, right? Well, yeah, no, I know. But it's like keeping people on their toes. And if you've asked me to help you do this, Chris, I will be that reminder of whatever you've asked me to do to support you. Sure. Right. Because part of a good coach's relationship is to help understand how people need help. How do you respond best? Where do you think you fall off the rails most? And when I start to see this, how do you want me? You know, what's a good cadence for us to touch base? And if you go MIA and ghost me, how do I reel you back in? What works for you? Right. Tell me what you prefer and I will know and respect that. So that's the other part. And then you said, so that's your discipline. And your accountability. And then you asked me about best. Are you yes. proud of remembered? Okay. Uh, very good. Um, that one is a little trickier because how do you grade best? Other than to say, I think, no, I will change that. I love the term never settle. There's a gentleman named Mario Armstrong. And when I was on Good Morning America, Woman named um, Gerard, who got me on the show and was my producer, my production assistant. My son and I were on Good Morning America with the Sharks from Shark Tank with Barbara and Robert on a thing called Get the Job. And it was super cool. And so when that producer left that show, he went over to work with Mario Armstrong. And the show was called Never Settle. And they called us in and we sat in the front row and it was awesome. And I really believe in that you deserve the best in life. And circumstances get really hard. Sometimes I did not grow up with a silver spoon. I grew up in a really poor town. I didn't know what summer camp was. I never heard of such a thing. Like, yeah. it wasn't summer camp was staying outside until the lights came on and then going back out after we had <laughs> dinner. Like, get out of here. Did you live like the little rascals? I mean, we live like the little, the little rascals, I think. In oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, making soup out of sticks and mud, I swear to God. But anyway, being your best was really about doing what you could with what you had and having a vision for where you wanted to be. I think that the biggest, the saddest part is when people aren't willing to forward project and imagine where they desire to be. They are mm -hmm. not that being content is a bad thing. Maybe I have a little bit of that insatiable attitude. That's maybe almost annoying. If I weren't so insatiable, it might be a little easier some days, but Honor yourself and honor your time on this planet and know that if there's something you're supposed to do, it's it's better to be good at one or two things than try to be good at 10. Learning to say- a friend of mine that, that that's going through that right now. She's literally like all over the place. I got a call scheduled with her. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. got to reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. Yeah. And it's, or you know what they'll do? Do you ever have a client? I had one that did this. Awesome genius guy in a coaching program looking to get a job. He wanted to go back into corporate, yes. blah, 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 blah. So he decides to invest in this and invest in that and has two different entrepreneurial things going at the same time, but doesn't tell me until after he's already spent money and is halfway down, just kind of went MIA, didn't return calls. And all of a sudden shows up with not one adventure, but two, and they're completely disconnected adventures. Hmm. Like, so you paid me to coach you to give you direction and guidance. You ghosted me because you knew if we had this conversation, I would make you work it through until you at least chose one. I'm not going to tell you you can't be an entrepreneur. That's not my place. My place is to help you find your desire and to work toward it and make it happen as quickly and effectively as possible. So 
Yeah. So he ghosted and came back and now he's trying to run two businesses, launch two different businesses, disconnected. I'm like, how focus, how do you do that? You can't get laser eye surgery with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Right? I like that one. Laser how eye surgery with a shotgun. And how can you be the best at what you do and be of service with clarity? Because people will never know how to buy from you because you have to get to a point and I learned this the hard way too you have to get to a point there is something that people can identify you as and say yes to they need a point of reference to refer you so that you have a way to get a foot in the door so they know how you can help them how you serve them if you've got 87 things you love all over the place that might be fun and great it feeds my ADD and I get that but truly, it makes it very difficult for you to grow in a career anyway, because nobody knows who to, how to depend on you. Nobody mm -hmm. knows how to help you. Nobody knows how to buy from you or hire you. And you flounder. It takes a lot longer to figure out that we're talking about zone of genius, right? So I'm bringing it full circle. You're not going to be the best at everything. That's pretty much not for most of us mortal humans, right? <laughs> So what is your legacy? What do you want to be known for? And it's not that you're necessarily the best blank, blank, blank on the planet ever made. Probably not because there's really nothing new under the sun. But what do people love you for? Like, what do they remember about you? And in our world, that best matters. So how do we find that? That's that's the juice when I give people. I have a thing called a career soul searching assessment and I share with people and it forces you to sit down and really think out loud about your priorities and what matters and what you want your legacy to be. And what are the things you do like breathing and people thank you for and you almost didn't even realize you do it? All yeah. those questions. And when you have it written down in front of you in black and white, and then you're going out and looking at your next career adventure and somebody offers you a lot of money for something, but you just said you can't travel or you choose not to because you've got a special needs family member that you're responsible for. That was my role. You could get tempted by all this shiny penny nonsense over here. But if you've just written down and said, here's your priorities, you've kind of got your conscious right there in front of you in black and white. And then I encourage people to go back and revisit it every year and pay attention because what matters certainly will change. Like what you probably would have written down, Chris, January 2020 before the pandemic hmm. is likely different in some ways than what you know, because we can't unsee what's just happened. Yeah. So what matters today may be adjusted, I'm going to think, enlightened, maybe. You this think? Matters. You know, I don't think it changes wholeheartedly who you are, but I do think it has you see things differently. And I, I always say you can't unsee things. Like when people talk about going back to work and this new normal, I'm all about radical flexibility because like I said, I had special needs issues going on. I needed the flexibility and nobody was willing to give it. That was just not happening back in that day. Mm -hmm. But I fought for it anyway. I learned how to be a great virtual worker. I learned how to re run great virtual teams. And now I'm like the I told you so person. <laughs> oh, it's I'll tell you how, right? Because... Um, they were just talking about radical flexibility. The workplace has proven that companies can be successful. We don't all have to be sitting on top of each other under someone's purview, watching us, physically watching us in most cases. Mm -hmm. It's a job and not every company, but there's a large percentage of work that was accomplished very well. And so the new thing, I just was watching a Gartner show and they talked about radical flexibility where the Holy Grail may become where people in the workforce where appropriate can dictate not just where they work, but when and how they work. So in other words, it's not only I have to work from this location or I have to work from home. I'm just responsible for these deliverables. I need to be yeah. communicating with you at these, you know, the timeframes that work for the team, but I could be doing some of my research, reading at the beach or listening to a, you know, transcription in my earbuds or, at my WeWork station or working from my bedroom in my house or whatever it needs to be. And so that radical flexibility is one of the hallmarks that I believe will be coming in bigger 
stages. Um, I know there's a lot of not a lot of bad COVID stories coming out of my friends from uh, with family in India. A lot. So they've got another variant that's happening there. And there's a lot of people in the, she said, all my family, all, all the different families we know, everybody's got somebody that's sick with this new variant of the COVID down there. So we are acting like we're kind of on the mend and we're coming out of it, but we don't know for sure. And I'm not trying to be negative at all, but I am trying to be pragmatic about the fact that if we build radical flexibility into the way we think and the way we work, and it doesn't become this taboo thing that slackers want because they just don't want to be. <laughs> Remember that? That was kind of the impression. Mm. Um, I think that we'll be better off because we'll stay more nimble and we'll stay more resilient overall. And isn't that going to be part of the game? That's part of what leaders really, how you lead now. It's not about knowing the concrete parts of what we do, because I think leadership used to be solid leadership, solid, right? Wasn't that a good word? Yeah. Almost like solid leadership for known things. Now it's about who's the most nimble and flexible and willing to stay upright, even when the waters get rough and who can keep their head on their shoulders and their wits about them and their team calm, cool and collected amid the chaos. Mm. Oh, and that, that is fun. <laughs> that right? is absolutely fun. Um, wow, Pat, we've already been talking for nearly 46 minutes. Um, I want to respect your time and respect everybody else's time. I promised people I would try to keep it between 45 minutes and an hour. Um, you know, to, what was that? It goes fast. It man. does. It does go so fast. I mean, I knew we would have that, that synergy. I mean, there was like 10 other questions that I wanted to ask you and I'll ask you probably a couple offline, but, um, where can people get a hold of you and, and, and get a part of your brilliance? Oh, well, I'm on Clubhouse quite a bit, usually eight o'clock Mondays and Thursdays. Um, I'm at Rock on Success is my handle on Clubhouse and on Twitter and on Insta. Um, LinkedIn is where I hang out social media wise. I'm on that all the time with LinkedIn Messenger. My website is rockonsuccess.com. That's rockonsuccess.com. And if you go forward slash soul, that's that career soul searching assessment that I talked about. And I'm more than happy to share that if somebody is interested in kind of digging into themselves and thinking about what matters and what they're looking for. If they're on that career soul searching, they're trying to figure out them at the fork in the road or what should I be doing next? Um, that's a good one to get started with because it's free and it's easy and you can get on a beach chair and sit by yourself or curl up in a ball next to your puppy and just think out loud and have something to help you move forward. Awesome. 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 So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, connect with Pat. Thank you so much for being on the raw and unscripted show, Pat, um, and sharing your brilliance. And I, I, what you dropped tonight, I could keep going, but I really, what I'm trying to do and doing a better job of is not trying to get like 17 nuggets out of somebody. What you dropped here tonight has been brilliant. So thank you so much for being here. I'm going to stick you back in the, in the green room for a second. We'll wrap up just after the show. I'm going to close out the show and then, um, you and I can just talk uh, a little bit right there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've got to figure out where my little controls are at. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, when you're deep in a conversation. And I just want to go back and because we were talking so much, I didn't get a chance to address some of your, your comments. So Robert, as always, you are uh, very verbose in your, in, your, in your comments here. I will go back and read those brothers. Thank you so much. Um, Scott Goyot was in the house. Scott says, sends his love. Katie's in the house. She's got green hearts. What's up, Katie? Did you like enjoy that conversation about uh, former, former career stuff? Um, Katie's also a former career person uh, who also, like myself and like you, Pat, had gone through a little bit of a metamorphosis after leaving a corporate position suddenly. But Katie is doing awesome. She is rocking out. Uh, she says, uh, who am I if not the person anymore? Well, you're the new person. You're the new evolution. You're the real person that you are deep inside. That's the soul searching. So um, as always, feel free to reach out to me, Katie. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, totally. Mark Gasser says, Sharon, thank you so much, Mark. You are a stud. Thank you for being here. Um, Robert, Robert, Robert. Um, Mark says also, Scott Goy at the Austin Accelerator is in the house. Ooh, the Austin Accelerator. Nice. What do you think? What do you think? We had Joe Ingram in the house. Did someone say genius? Yes. And they weren't talking about you. I love you, Joe. I love you, Joe. Yeah. He's known as a sales genius. 
he's known as a sales genius. We don't know if he's really a genius. I mean, I could sit there and say, I'm the world's leading no excuses coach. Nobody's going to debate me on that, are they? Uh, Nellie's in the house. Look at Nellie. Hey, Nellie, thank you so much from, from Texas as well. She says, this is good stuff here tonight. That's what I'm talking about, Nellie. That's what I'm talking about. She's like, uh, or Robert says, hi, Nellie. Howdy. See his family here. That's like, hey, what's up? Everybody's just showing up. Um, got some stuff here from Robert. So anyways, guys, please, 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 please take what myself and Pat have said tonight and just take one. You know, normally I ask like three, take three nuggets, just take one nugget and start working on it immediately. Just write it out, put it on a piece of paper. You can get these from Amazon. They're called notepads. They're plentiful. You just go like that and you have a new sheet. And then you take this thing called a pencil and you write down the thing that you want to learn and want you what you want to accomplish most, like connect with Pat. Um, Pat, yeah, uh, do that. Uh, figure out my why. Um, maybe some other stuff. Start writing it down. Start taking action, guys, because time is short. Time is short. You don't want to have any regrets. You want to look back on your life. Um, I heard it said so eloquently recently from a friend of mine's father who passed away suddenly from cancer. And he had asked his father, he says, you know, do you have any regrets in life? And he says, and his dad was super successful. Um, and he said, um, he goes, yeah, I regret, you know, not taking some of those, those scarier chances in life because, you know, I would have loved to have seen what I was capable of doing. And, and looking back, I played it safe. And, you know, in some situations I was comfortably miserable, but now I'd like to go back and, and experience a little bit more of living life. And unfortunately he passed away two days later. So go live your life, ladies and gentlemen, go experience your life, go be in love with yourself, go be in love with everything that you're doing. We're talking about being in your zone of genius, not your zone of mediocrity, not your zone of complacency, not your zone of someday someday when the kids are this and someday when this is right and someday when I win the lottery and all this other bullshit ladies and gentlemen boys and girls someday is right now you 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 right now listening to me or looking at me on the camera someday is right now that's a choice that you can take that's a choice that you can make that is something that may not be easy but trust me ladies and gentlemen it'll be worth it It'll be worth it. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I love you guys. Hey, uh, we'll see you here next Tuesday night, every every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Got another great guest coming up next week. I can't remember who it is at the, at the moment, but also, guys, Friday night show. I know you guys watch me over there, too. Friday night, we have the unstoppable Tracy Schmidt uh, coming to us. Uh, she was here on the Raw and Unscripted show by popular demand. People dug the crap out of her. So she's going to be on the Unfiltered Experience on Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. that she has competed. She's a four-way amputee, by the way. She's created, she's uh, participated in the Paralympics. Um, you want to talk about Unstoppable? That's why her name is Unstoppable Tracy Schmidt. Um, so tune in for that. Five o'clock, the Unfiltered Experience on Friday night. Other, anyways, I love you guys. Stay kick-ass. You guys are the misfits for life with the kick-ass nation. And I will see you guys later. Peace out. Have a great evening, guys.